President Trump made a very simple promise to the American people in 2016. We are going to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. Oh, but when he actually does that, when he actually comes through with his promise, well, then they go straight up Greta Thunberg on his ass. How dare you? Yep, the president is scrubbing 70 Obama holdovers from the National Security Council because we don't need them. We don't need Alexander Vindman at the NSC. We don't need Gordon Sondland as our ambassador to the EU who works for, excuse me, worked for the president simply so he could undermine him. No, who needs that? We don't need any of these people. Plus, did you hear about the van driver who plowed into a tent of Trump supporters? Maybe not. Maybe not, because weirdly, the news is not interested in it. Can't imagine why. They're about as interested in that story as they are the story where Canadian journalist Ezra Levant says he saw a convicted Al-Qaeda terrorist on his Air Canada flight. But the authorities, they told him, hey, buddy, just, just sit down and shut up, all right? Ezra will be joining us to explain how it all went down. I'm John Miller, and the White House Brief begins now. So remember this guy, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman? He's the one who tried to testify against Trump at a House hearing on the Ukraine affair. The Ukraine scandal. Well, he's been sent back to the Pentagon. And a bunch of others have been sent packing as well. First, however, want to tell you about the Books Company. Valentine's Day is around the corner, and your girl deserves something. She may not say so, but she deserves it. So make it simple on yourself. Go and check out Books. That is B-O-U-Q-S, like bouquets of flowers. They offer farm fresh, sustainably sourced flowers for next or same day delivery. Order today, you will get 25% off your entire purchase. Go to books.com slash WHB. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash WHB for 25% off with the code WHB. And remember, it doesn't need to be for your wife. doesn't need to be for your lover. You can show your best galantine some love. Or you can let your mom know how much you love her by sending her some flowers. Or if you're feeling brave, you can make that first move on the one you've been crushing on. I mean, if you think it's cold now, uh, wait until you forget Valentine's Day and get totally iced. The Books Company is here to make your life easier, and they offer more than just roses. You can find sweet treats, beautifully styled bouquets, plants, gifts, and succulents on their website. This Valentine's Day, spread the book love with your first love, your forever love, and your loved ones by going to B-O-U-Q-S.com slash W-H-B today for 25% off with the code W-H-B. All right, so could Trump actually be draining the swamp? It's an impossible task, we've been told. And yet, the latest on those who are being sent to the curb are 70 National Security Council positions inherited from Barack Hussein Obama, who had expanded the bureau to 200 people, more than doubling it in size. All of these people are the president's personal staff. So when your personal staff, and if you are staging a coup against your boss, and then your boss finds out about it, uh, in your situation, viewers, what are the chances that your boss lets you keep your job? I'm just saying. That's not how it works in any other sector. 
But last week, the left was outraged when one key official, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, got his ass returned to the Pentagon. They're saying, what? Trump is being vindictive. No, Trump had every right to do so. Vindman works for Trump. Vindman says uh, he didn't like a phone conversation between the president and the president of Ukraine, but then he uh, failed to remember any Ukrainian ever mentioning pressure from Trump to conduct investigations. But I mean, hey, I guess, I guess when you're that guy and you only got one shot, do not miss your chance to blow, right? Even if you are unable to identify any crime that you thought the president might have committed, uh, his opinion was that what the president did was wrong. Really, uh, if you can't remember anyone ever mentioning the crime that you are accusing the president of, well, it's probably a good sign you're acting uh, merely in your own self-interest because you don't like the president. Now, I've heard people argue, oh, well, this shows that Donald Trump is a tyrant who was only firing these people because they stood against him. And the president is making it clear tonight, Wolf, that he is seeking retribution after this impeachment fight. And it seems the first on his list is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. In this uh, statement from his attorney, Wolf, it, it goes on to say uh, that uh, essentially that the president here has decided to exact revenge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is a this is a personal vendetta. Trump is just trying to exact revenge on those who crossed him. You see? Just like a dictator. It's malicious, I tell you. It's malicious retribution against a war hero who deserves to be above the law. Well, it's appalling. I mean, he's a true patriot. He served this country, as you put it, in Iraq. Uh, he sacrificed his own body for this nation. And for this president to exert retribution, as opposed to just wishing that this whole thing goes away. I mean, most politicians, they would say, wow, I escaped from the skin of my teeth. Let's just move on. Uh, but this president isn't that type of person. Yeah, he's not that type of person because he's a monarch. Really, it's all about Trump, right? Well, no, really, it actually has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Per Adam Mill at The Federalist, 10 U.S.C. 888, Article 88, makes it a crime for a commissioned officer to use contemptuous words against the president. This all goes back to the Constitution, Article 2, Section 2, where the founders insisted that the military submit to its leader, writing, quote, the president shall be commander in chief of the army and navy of the United States. And why did they write that? Well, this was to make sure you did not end up with a military that was accountable to no one but itself. To uphold self-government, as Mill explains, the military must be subordinate to elections, to the electorate, i.e. the American people. And acting in your own anti-Trump interests is not being subordinate to elections. If you want to use your free speech to slam the president, you are free to do it elsewhere. But you can't do it as a military officer. So that's why Vindman wasn't fired, but merely transferred out of his NSE position because he couldn't be trusted in that role. So if you ask me, it's generous what Trump did. Additionally, it is a reminder that the president and the people who voted for him are in charge of American foreign policy, not bureaucrats at the NSC, right? This transcends parties. Interestingly, Republicans didn't seem that phase when Vindman was moved out of the NSC. However, very peculiarly, when EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland was fired, 
oh, well, then it was a totally different story. Republican senators tried to stop Trump from firing impeachment witness Gordon Sondland. And why? Well, because Sondland, this guy who was fired, is a big Republican donor. And so Republicans who were positioned to benefit from these donations were also vocally opposed to his firing along with the Democrats. And these senators include Susan Collins of Maine, Martha McSally of Arizona, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and then Tom Tillis of North Carolina. And FEC records show that Sondland has donated $38,000 to Tom Tillis's various political committees. And although no donations went directly to Collins, Johnson, or McSally, Sondland's donations did go to the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which supports GOP Senate candidates. And Tillis, Collins, and McSally are all facing tough reelections. I mean, this is, folks, what we call the swamp. And Trump's promise to drain it is finally taking form. Along with Sondland and Vindman, we mentioned that 70 Obama holdovers from the National Security Council were also booted, were also removed. These are not people you want or need near government. And yet Trump still extended uh, Vindman that courtesy by putting him back at the Pentagon. But Trump is absolutely right to get rid of them at the NSC and put the American people back in control of the direction of this country, not unaccountable bureaucrats who want to undermine the agenda that we the people, the American people, voted on. All right, very few publications reporting on this story, the story of the driver who was arrested for plowing into the tent of Trump supporters registering voters. That's according to police. Not everybody ignored it. All right, give them credit where it's due. Washington Post actually did report it. But if a crazed, for instance, white supremacist van driver drove into a place registering voters for, say, Joe Biden, it would be the scandal of the week. No, it would be the scandal of the month. In fact, they may even call it racist, right? Because Joe Biden has immense support from blacks. He's garnering immense support from black voters. That's what we're told. Now, thankfully, in this attack on Trump supporters registering voters, no one was hurt. But at approximately 2.45 in the afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida, quote, six Trump campaign volunteers were intentionally targeted while registering voters. A multicolored van suspected to be driven by 27-year-old Gregory William Lowell Tim accelerated into a crowd of volunteers. We are outraged by the senseless act of violence toward our great volunteers, said Duval GOP Chairman Dean Black. The Republican Party of Duval County will not be intimidated by these cowards and we will not be silenced. And here's the chairman himself expressing his justified concern over the attack. We draw a line in the sand right here, right now. Because if this is where we begin this election, where in God's name, where would it end? The answer to that question is unthinkable. It's unspeakable. In fact, so unspeakable that many in the media, they just don't want to talk about it. But if you do, the idea that someone tried to run you over with a car is apparently not that big of a deal to them. But if you mention it, if you report on it, no, you're going to be mocked. It's your fault, you see. One user on Twitter, I couldn't believe this, 
One Twitter, she's got blue waves in her handle, still reminiscing on that blue wave from 2018, went to mock the attempted attack and even attempted murder because that's potentially, that's what happens when you run your car into somebody. They often die. This person writes, it looks like the tent was blown over by the winds that are 13 miles per hour end up. They didn't even anchor the tent poles. Well, we really don't care what it looks like to you. We know what happened. There are police reports. You know, and, and plus, I doubt this person would be so cavalier if it were a conservative who ran over a liberal campaign's tent. If this were Elizabeth Warren's campaign, oh, it would be the top story of the New York Times, right? It'd be on the front page. But whenever this happens to conservatives, the media, they ignore it because it doesn't fit the narrative that Trump supporters are the ones committing all of the acts of violence. When contrary to that, historically, it has and always has been the left. Now, Tim, the suspect, the suspected driver of the van, he faces two counts of aggravated assault on a victim over the age of 65, one count of criminal mischief and one count of driving while his license is suspended. I mean, I don't think that goes far enough. If you attempt to drive your car over somebody because you disagree with their political views, that's attempted homicide. What else is that but for attempted homicide? Simple as. Conservative voices are being silenced snuffed out daily by left-wing tech companies, these companies in Silicon Valley, who want to take advantage of you. They profit by exploiting your privacy, and then they silence your voice when you say something they don't agree with. More and more, our most sacred right, the First Amendment right that is afforded to all of us, the right to speak freely, has come under assault in places that were designed for us to share our opinions freely. And with no other options, you are forced to play by their rules. Because you, you have to be on all these social media platforms who hate you, who hate your views. That is until now. Introducing Parler. Parler is the news and free speech app that will not silence your opinion or violate your privacy for financial gain. Simply download the app, create your account, post, share, and speak freely. Can you say anything you want? Well, there are a few exceptions. You can't threaten violence, commit actual acts of hate, harass or commit other crimes, but that's not even who you are and that's not who we are. So if you follow those simple rules and not the endless vagaries that other platforms say you must follow and then, you know, go and change once they decide they don't like you, go to parlor.com, P-A-R-L-E-R.com or you can visit the app store to download Parlor today. I'm on Parlor. You can follow me at John Miller. That is John with no H because why put an extra letter in there when you don't need to? That is P-A-R-L-E-R.com or find us in the App Store. Parlor, get news, speak free. This Monday night, Rebel News founder Ezra Levant boarded a flight to Halifax, that's a city in Nova Scotia, Canada, and was shocked to see, well, a convicted terrorist, Omar Cotter, on his same plane. Now, for those of you who might not remember, Cotter pled guilty to and was convicted of the killing of U.S. Sergeant Chris Spear in 2002 when he was fighting for the Al-Qaeda terrorist group. 
So, I mean, naturally, naturally, Ezra had uh, a few questions about why this man who was on the no-fly list was on his flight. Doesn't make much, much sense, does it? So he confronted Cotter when they landed. Watch. How did you get on the plane? I thought you were on the no-fly list. This is exactly what we figured would happen. Why don't we go ahead and well, walk but, away? But aren't you on the no-fly list? Come on. Is there security? For me or for him? Yeah, for the officer, he's harassing this is a person I'm not harassing anybody. Harassing. Sorry, sir. That's a convicted Al-Qaeda terrorist right there who just flew on an airplane. You're very close to being arrested. You understand me? And you're very close to getting a civil lawsuit for assault and battery. I'm proud of keeping people safe, sir. Safe from whom? And here with us now to tell us more about his encounter is Ezra Levant himself. He is the founder and rebel commander of Rebel News. Ezra, thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I've followed the case of Omar Khadr for years. In fact, I wrote a book about him. Um, he was at Guantanamo Bay for years. He was prosecuted, convicted. A Guantanamo Bay jury sentenced him to 40 years in prison. But unbeknownst to that jury, Obama's prosecutors cut a deal with Cotter to let him free in just eight, and now he's walking the streets of Canada. One of the uh, parts of his guilty plea where he confessed to all sorts of war crimes, including the murder of Christopher Speer, um, uh, you know, he, he's a member of Al-Qaeda, he did horrific things. One of the parts of his plea deal was that he's not to enter America or its airspace again. So that's another little note here. Not only was Cotter flying, this is an Al-Qaeda terrorist who's never renounced Al-Qaeda. He's more fundamentalist than ever. Um, he's never recanted what he's done. He's never disassociated himself from other terrorists. So he's flying, and he's actually flying over America, the flight that we were on. And I didn't see he was on the plane until we all stood up to get off the plane. But we flew from Toronto to Halifax, and I don't know if you know the, the map, but Vermont and Maine and New Hampshire, that, so the, we flew across America for about half our flight. So an Al-Qaeda terrorist, theoretically, I mean, he didn't do anything, but he was on a plane over America when he should have been on the no-fly list. Now, I asked the co-pilot, and the flight attendant, if they knew this, they were as stunned and surprised as anyone. My theory, and, and we don't have the confirmation of this yet, is that Justin Trudeau took him off the no-fly list. That doesn't affect his deal with the Pentagon where he's banned from U.S. airspace, so that's incredible. But even if Trudeau says you're good to fly, why are we letting an Al-Qaeda terrorist, war criminal, and murderer on a plane. I mean, people get banned for air rage, much less than actual murder. He was part of a terrorist group that used jet planes to take down the Twin Towers, and he's just, he was on the plane. He, he wasn't on the plane with a, a police officer or in handcuffs. Hmm. He was on the plane with his wife. And you saw him, he's grinning from ear to ear as, as you're confronting him. Uh, he seems to think this is fun. This is funny, and I don't know if any if, if people knew uh, this story that they'd find it as funny as he did, and it's your conjecture that this that that he was taken off the no-fly list by Trudeau. However, as we know and as we can confirm for now, he is supposed to be on the no-fly list. So I ask something very simple, and that is, if there is in fact a no-fly list, why are these people being allowed to fly? 
Well, that's exactly the question I put to Cotter himself. And after I asked him once or twice, he turned all snowflake on me and called for police to protect him from my mean, mean questions. Um, that was actually the worst part of this. I mean, a terrorist is going to laugh at you. A terrorist is going to mock you. That's what, I mean, a, a terrorist hates our society. But two Halifax police officers came up, physically pushed me, uh, grabbed me, stepped on my toe, pushed me away. For what? I wasn't swearing. I wasn't pushing. I wasn't blocking. Um, you, I you, said, that's a convicted Al-Qaeda terrorist. They were protecting the terrorists not from any physical attack, but from my questions. What kind of an upside-down world are we in? I, I mean, that's it. When a convicted Al-Qaeda murderer, war criminal terrorist walks free, flies free, and a journalist asking basic questions about that gets the police threatening. I was, the, the cop said, you're moments away from being arrested, he said to me. And while he was pushing me, I said, I'll sue you for civil assault. Right. I know my rights. But uh, what an upside-down world we're in. No, absolutely. And you have a, a journalist asking questions, which is quite literally your job, and a terrorist, and somehow you're made out to be the, the enemy. Uh, and, and that makes me wonder, it, what is law enforcement's, uh, what is their modus operandi here? And what is, if it's, if it's true, Trudeau's uh, modus operandi for wanting to protect terrorists? This isn't somebody who only, uh, you know, targets people on the right. This isn't a guy who only targets people, you know, with whom he disagrees with uh, on a political spectrum. This is a guy who hates all Americans, and that extends to Canada. This is a guy who is not safe to be around. And so I've been grappling with this question about what what is with these far left politicians and now law enforcement. We have this here in the United States in New York City. Uh, law enforcement getting on the bandwagon in order to protect truly evil dudes who don't like any of us and who want to cause harm to all of us. Why would the why would they be on board with that? Well, Trudeau's the worst. I mean, his very first act after he was elected prime minister back in 2015 was to withdraw all our fighter jets from the war against ISIS. He wasn't even sworn in as prime minister yet, but he called, uh, he, he talked to Barack Obama and said, we're pulling out. Even Obama thought that was too pacifist and tried to convince Trudeau to keep the fighter jets in. Trudeau uh, rescinded a rule under the previous prime minister in Canada that if you were a dual citizen terrorist, you'd be stripped of your Canadian citizenship. Trudeau said, no, these are all Canadian citizens. Trudeau said that returning ISIS fighters to Canada, we had a lot to learn from them. He actually said that in a year-end interview a few years back. Time and again, Trudeau has not just been neutral between good and evil, he's actually stood up for our enemies. It's so perplexing to me. And I, I don't think I mentioned this, but Trudeau, when um, Omar Khadr came to Canada from Guantanamo Bay, Trudeau gave him a $10.5 million check and a public apology for Cotter's treatment in Guantanamo Bay. By the way, his treatment in Guantanamo Bay was outstanding. He had top-notch medical care. He put on weight. He was in great health. He had he actually ran a lot of the show there. He led um, the other inmates in their Muslim prayers. He had every uh, 
luxury. It's actually a luxurious place. He had very obscure catering requests. He was not tortured at all by any definition of the word. Yet Trudeau gave him 10.5 million in cash. That's why he was in first class and I was in economy. He was flying first class. A terrorist was flying first class with money given to him by Trudeau. And I'm in uh, economy class and the pr- police threatened me with arrest for First asking you. questions. I mean, yeah. that's, that's incredible. And that should outrage anyone who hears this. And you said this before, but if we, the United States, if we want to see where we're headed in about five years, all we have to do is look to Canada. And my question is, uh, what are you doing to get to the bottom of this? Because I think, as I said, this is outrageous. People are going to hear this and be outraged that a convicted terrorist was allowed to fly in first class, completely free, uh, without any punishment, uh, in, in a place where he's supposedly on the no-fly list. And I think we deserve some answers. And we deserve some answers from the very highest levels of government telling us why this was allowed to happen and why you were the enemy in this situation. Yeah, and I don't blame Air Canada. I think they were totally surprised by this. I think if someone's not on the no-fly list, Air Canada's not going to know to keep them off. How would they know? So I genuinely, when I talked to the co-pilot and the flight attendant, they genuinely seemed stunned by what I said to them. I don't think they were faking it. Um, so I think there's questions Air Canada is asking. In fact, they asked me some questions. I told them all I know, which isn't much. Um, I think there's questions for Trudeau to answer, but I think also the United States needs to make inquiries with Canada, because like I say, uh, this flight crossed over American airspace for quite a while, I'd say about an hour, and because of the curvature of the earth and the nature of the geography, an awful lot of Canadian flights even within Canada, which this flight was, go over U.S. airspace. So, for example, when you fly from Toronto to Calgary, you usually go over North Dakota, you know, Minnesota, other northern U.S. states. So if Cotter's flying around Canada as much as I think he is, he's in U.S. airspace all the time. And, you know, I, I hate to indulge in dark imaginations, but Al-Qaeda especially is hijacking planes over America, God forbid it ever happen again. But why is an Al-Qaeda terrorist being allowed to fly over America? I mean, as a Canadian, I have questions for my own government. But as an American, you should be getting your ambassador to ask our country why we're putting our Canadian terrorists over your airspace. No, it's a very serious issue. And I think intentionally it's being brushed under the rug. Ezra, I appreciate you joining us. That's all we have time for today. Thank you. Thanks, John. All right, that's it for today, everyone. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time on The White House Brief. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to The White House Brief podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it, and if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.